Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right. Welcome, everyone. Very special day, the last podcast of the year. We have Kristen Bicknell on from Canada. Kristen, how's it going? Good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Closing out 2019. It's a, it's a long year. I know with poker, this is always, you know, it seems like it's a set schedule. You know what you're going, what parts of the year. Obviously, December was great for Alex. Uh, winning the, your boyfriend, Alex Foxen, yeah. $1.7 million to close the year. Not a bad way to, to end winning the Bellagio Main. And I know you've had some nice successes here towards the end. I think you had your biggest score recently. Um, yes, in November, October, I guess, in Vegas, the Poker Masters 25K. Uh, that, that, was, was, that was a 25K buy-in? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> I play so much of it. Yeah, it was a 25K. 400, yeah, I'm looking right here. At, at November 9th. 408,000. That's definitely nice. But, you know, I want to, I always like to kind of look back, kind of going through here, let people know if you don't know, um, Hen and Mob's a great way to go through and check on people's sort of story timeline, what they've done. You obviously have been in poker now for a while and you are not to break down to the female topic. You're the number one female rated tournament player in the world, which is cool, right? I mean, it's nice, but you're actually number 13 overall, which is pretty incredible. Uh, in itself, is that the highest uh, you've been, or what's your highest ranking in that? And those, I think I was sixth or seventh before. Um, I think it was this year as well. Yeah, um, I was it sixth, yeah, yeah, sixth. Alex says, um, and I know the end of the year there were so many tournaments going on, and everybody was kind of chasing for points. As yeah. I thought, even with Alex, ended up being number one. And I think, what were you going into Bellagio 13? 11th, yeah. He was 11th, and then from one tournament win, got to number one. So it was definitely, you know, an insane end to the year. Yeah, that's fun. Do you, do you is that something? Uh, do you keep an eye on in particular? Do you like? To, I mean, it's fun, right? It's cool, like BCS rankings and you know NCA football. They rank teams. It's kind of cool because there's a scale. There's an actual grading system. Yeah. So it's nice. Do you keep an eye on that? Does it get exciting? Where it you definitely play? like adds a fun element to playing, and then. Um, yeah, it just adds like an element of competition, which is always fun. It's not something that I'm like, oh, I have to go to this stop to get points. You know, it, I'm not incredibly driven by it, but it right. is something that, um, yeah, it, it, it means something. And it just adds an element of like fun competition. And I think that even for myself, like winning the females, number one, if it was close towards the end of the year, it might have been that I wanted to, you know, play an extra tournament or two to try to get it back because it is a nice title to have. Right. Exactly. No, it, it is. It's fun. And is that, uh, is uh, you know, looking at your career, you started 2006, I see, is the first time you ever played live poker and then it didn't look like you played too much. Like you played a little bit there. Were you playing online and grinding a lot then or is that me here? Okay. Um, I started playing, I think it was 2004 actually. And I just realized how much time has gone by recently. Right. <laughs> so I've played poker for longer than I thought, actually, because I, I kept saying to everybody, 10 years, 10 years. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's been way over 10 years now. Um, what was my first score? Was it Turning Stone? Uh, yes. You got 13th for $800, $800 some in a $200 tournament in 2006. And then looks like you played only you know a few tournaments between 2006 and 2010. But you were grinding a lot online. You were Supernova Elite. And then you put a lot of volume online. Yeah, so I started playing um, cash games. I mean, I started started poker 
just playing like a $20 home game. I had no idea what poker was. And then that night, um, yeah, I think we played for like $20 or something. And I ended up playing like the whole night, becoming obsessed, like instantly. And I think within maybe the next month, I had made a trip. It was like a three-hour drive to Turning Stone. To right. play. And I had like $200, drove down there, and they actually didn't even have no limit. They only had limit hold'em. And I, yeah. I still remember like I got ace-king and anyways, ended up losing all my money. And um, just started playing cash games like one-two for a good I guess a year, like the first summer off of university, um, grinded at this place in Fort Erie. Anyways, so I played cash for a long time. And then I played like heads up, sit and goes, some tournaments online. And then, you know, only recently have I really shifted my focus to live tournaments. And and what was, uh, so getting Supernova Elite, that was getting a, a crazy amount of hands you were playing. But that was cash. You were playing primarily cash grinding. Yeah. Yeah, like full ring. It started out being fifty cent a dollar full ring. I remember, I don't know how many years ago it is now. It was like two thousand twelve or eleven. Uh, I mean, it's funny because I remember even on New Year's Eve, I was like ready to go for January first, and I I had gone to like a friend's house for a party, and I was like, I'm going to get Supernova Elite this year. And then definitely like a handful of guys there were like, you're insane, like you're not going to do that. And right. all I had was I think a. Ten or fifteen thousand dollar bankroll, and I was starting at fifty cent a dollar. And then I think um, I was just so motivated. Played I don't know whatever it was, eight or ten hours a day, and then I moved up to one two in March and ended up getting like over Supernova Elite that year. But yeah, that was fun. That was that was definitely the moment when I you know started not only making more, but definitely taking poker just more seriously and um, treating it more of a job as a hobby. Exactly. That's that's a, that's on my Twitch show. I like to say not a hobby. That's that's a, it's true. We put a lot of time and effort into the craft, and it, it's fun. So now you're playing a lot of tournaments. Just kind of going again through here. What what changed then for you? Was that a turning point when you won the ladies event for a bracelet? Because I see you had a, a score like a 21k score. It looks like you know actually you really didn't play any for like years, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, there's just a first place. Like not you know no other score, but boom, first for a bracelet. You win the women's event championship event for 173,000 is that did that kind of put you into wow this is fun or I should maybe look into doing this more seriously or were you already playing more tournaments then um that was when I was still grinding cash and then I just liked the experience of going to the world series I think I always did from the time I was like 22 is you know go to Vegas for the world series play the ladies event tried to play the main event like uh, I can still so vividly remember playing satellites to the main event at the Rio and like I direct bubbled once and I have cried very few times from poker, but that was one time I cried. I hadn't played the main event yet and did that. Um, But the summer that I won that event, I mean, there's no denying that when you win a poker tournament, it just like gives you, you get the tournament bug. Like it's a real thing. And I think you'll see it a lot with any cash game player, poker player who doesn't really play tournaments. If they get success, all of a sudden they're like, Hmm, this was fun. Um, so I think at that point I realized not necessarily like, okay, now I want to switch and just play tournaments, but there was an excitement that you don't get from cash games, like undoubtedly. And as, as I see here though, it doesn't look like you did play, or at least uh, on the hen and mob, it looks like you won yeah. the tournament and then you, all of a sudden it's like years yeah. later, you didn't get play any more in 13, none in 14, 15 was December. So basically none of, yeah, you know, two and a half years or a year and a half, not not fourteen, like basically two years plus, no tournament, and then even so, 
And then all of a sudden you just come back, win another bracelet in June 6th when we take first. That's when I really got started, actually. It was that win. It was that win was in the summer. And I remember even that summer I was grinding 510 at Bellagio. Um, like, I don't know, maybe had like a, a, a reasonable bankroll, but not really. I didn't have a bankroll to play tournaments at that time. And I wasn't really interested in selling. I knew that, you know, I was doing pretty well at cash games and just kind of stuck with that. And I remember grinding that summer and someone saying to me, like, that's a really good tournament. You should play that one. I said, okay. So I picked a few tournaments and played that. And then from that win, I had a lot more flexibility and freedom um, to be able to, you know, play tournaments more. And I didn't feel that pressure to like grind it out every day. And uh, then I think it was that December I went to EPT Prague. And then from there I like got going and I I had a deep run in, I think it was the Monte Carlo main, EPT Monte Carlo main. I I say deep run, it was like 50th, but At the time, like when you make day four of a poker tournament or day whatever it was, like it felt huge. It was so exciting. And yeah. um, and then from there, just having like the financial freedom to play tournaments, I think kind of allowed me to do that. And just, you know, having a love of travel as well. And um, yeah, just realizing that it not necessarily feels more like a hobby, but it's it feels less business-like than sitting behind a computer, you right. know going to live tournaments. And, and how do you, how would you say now you split time between live and online? I mean, you play to try to hit the Sundays if you're in, you know, in Canada or where, yeah. where you can play, but are you playing multiple days a week or is it just like Sundays? Um, I would say mostly I'm just trying to play like Sundays and then the big series online. Um, but to be fair, if, if there's not, if I'm not at a live event, like for the most part, I'm going to play online. Like, like I, love playing like I actually enjoy playing so it's hard to take more than a few days off so it's probably I'm guessing like 70% live 30% online or something throughout the year nice and and on but on you're playing just tournaments now or do you play some cash live ever or you Uh, yeah I've been playing just tournaments I've been even I think last week I started playing some cash games like on party I was playing the fast forward um just kind of playing around with it and maybe thinking about playing cash a little bit more or um, at least trying to get into, I've played some cash games like on, what was it? The poker after dark uh, or the WPT cash game. Like I really like that, like getting into those like big fun cash games. Um, So I'm happy to go on those anytime. Yeah. I saw my dad does notes like show notes before. And I did, he meant, I saw that, that he wrote up some stuff that you were Jennifer Harmon or you looked up to or used to watch Poker After Dark. That kind of got you really intrigued in poker. Is that, is that so, correct? Well, interesting. Somebody said uh, – I've read that about myself too. Okay, <laughs> we got to clear it up. I got to make sure I'm not just getting random info, you know? Yeah, I don't know if somebody necessarily misquoted, but what I was saying, um, how I feel about that is when I grew up playing poker and then watched her on Poker After Dark, to me it, it felt as if she belonged there and – I thought like kind of looked up to her in the sense that like, she seemed like, like a boss in poker, you know, and seeing a female in that way, I think she had the respect of everybody around her. And um, she's just somebody like, especially a female in poker who I think is easy for other women to kind of look up to or to be like, Oh yeah, look how comfortable she is and look how respected she is. Why shouldn't I be that way too? Right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And you have, so you have played on some of those shows and that doesn't, you like, you enjoy that. You enjoy kind of getting to 
to to have the stuff filmed and get to get to watch it. Get to I mean, your your parents are they supportive and, and family love that you play poker? Is that was that a hard transition? Is that something they look forward to when you say, "Hey, mom, I'm going to be on TV," or you know, does that how do they like that? Well, I think when the first year or two, it was a little bit of a, a rough topic, and I remember. Uh, one of my first deep runs, it was like the Sunday million. I had won a $3 rebuy uh, seat into the 215. And then I was say I was playing poker that day at my parents' house. And I was like, look, like this tournament is, I think at the time it was probably a few hundred thousand to win, I think. Yeah. I, like, I can win this. And then I was in the money and I was like, I've made this much. I've made this much. I ended up finishing, I think like seventh or eighth yeah. for like 30K. But I think that's when my, my mom and dad were like, whoa, is this real? And they're like, are you actually going to get the cash? And then I got a check and the check came in the mail. And it's like, huh, this is interesting. Right. And- that's, that's funny, right? Because that almost does seem make-believe. If you're just from – if you're looking outside, you think all these game shows or, you know, fake stuff and slots or things. And you get these like – it sounds make-believe. So to actually see their – daughter actually do it and then actually get paid and then they're actually still wondering if you're gonna get paid is exactly cool. and then i definitely had times where i was like okay i'm going to this casino to play poker and then i ended up like staying in a hotel room and not coming home the next day and my mom's like where are you what's happening but i think once i started playing live poker and there's updates and poker news and you know um my parents previously like came to some poker trips and i think they got to see the whole venue and see how it's run and then realize like even if I'm traveling to, you know, Brazil or wherever I might be going, it's pretty safe if I'm going to a poker tournament and right. they understand it's like a real thing. And they're really supportive now. I think my mom is probably like the biggest, you know, poker news fan there is. She's constantly refreshing updates and she's, you know, railing me, railing Alex. She probably has some other favorite poker players. She's right. anti-railing some people. Yeah. yeah. My mom yeah. Now, so so they got full blessing. They love it. They they like they just look. I mean, it's fun too because exactly now there's there's ways they can track it and see it. So that's cool to be able to not just yeah. have to wait on your every text. They're they're actually seeing it and and you're yeah. playing the biggest events and the best tours and stuff. So there is updates on most of the things they're doing, which is great. Exactly. Yeah. That's fun. What? Well, tell me about getting your. Oh, actually, this is this kind of plays into that about your deal with, with party poker. I, we're both with party poker. It seems to be clearly the best place right now just what they're doing for players everything that's going on it's a great team great family and tell me what that was like getting that deal because that that's got to also give some stability for your parents or for you to feel comfortable where you know like even if poker doesn't go amazing well i have you know, i'm getting some sort of compensation and, and an actual salary and they, when you go to do houses you go to do other things if you can actually show set income instead of oh like well this year hopefully i do well it does help to have some of that that uh stability how, how did that come about and what did that mean for you yeah absolutely and i think what it does too is it just makes you look um you know especially to an outsider it's like a real thing it's like i'm an ambassador for a poker site or you know for this uh company so you know when someone you tell somebody who's not in poker what you do for a living and they're like wait what you play poker for a living and you know the moment you can kind of say well i represent this website or you know like i represent party poker it just kind of gives you like a respect that's nice that you don't have to, you know, feel like you need to go into like a two hour um, discussion of, of how to get that. Um, I still feel that way every time. It's like always, even now when I meet people, I'm all, it's always like, Oh, well yeah, I play poker, but Oh, listen, I also, I do some content. Some other, like, I feel like I'm always having to justify what I do. It sounds so crazy. Right. Like, Like poker. Exactly. And like, 
I don't know. I mean, maybe someone would believe you over me, but I don't feel like I look like a poker player, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, it's, it is even yeah. more of a sort of long shot or doesn't really, you know, I guess you wouldn't just get taken seriously because you know, a lot of exactly situations I'm in, I kind of feel like, I'm like, Oh, I wish you knew almost like, like it's very serious. You know, I'm not just playing like tiddlywinks out there playing yeah. for real money and it's exciting. And there's, there's, there's a lot, it, it's very complex. You know, it's not just a simple, like I'm playing with my friends in a home game once a week, like, you know, this is a real deal. It's, a, it's like being a professional on a tennis, on a tour, you're, you're hitting stops, you're traveling the world. And it's like, you don't want to brag slash like, ex, but you also want to let them know, like, look, I'm not a yeah. thing. So it's kind of a, it's always kind of interesting. People seem fascinated. Like you could be at a dinner with very interesting or successful people in business or doctors or lawyers, but like, it's just something fresh and unique about it where people are very fascinated. Once they kind of learn like, oh, it's something they want to know more. Which yeah. I, I'm sure you get that all the time where you become the focus point of a Sure. Of a it is always to me sometimes surprising too. Like if I'm on a plane or something and then the conversation comes up and, and like you said, like you're speaking to somebody who probably has a pretty interesting job and interesting life and they're like, oh my God, that's that's incredible. And then they, they just have so many questions for you. It's And then it's almost refreshing to you because you're like, oh yeah, what I do is pretty cool because right. you get lost in the poker world and kind of, you know, take for granted, you know, what yeah. we're doing every day. Which, yeah, you need, you almost need like your uh, hand and mob card, like like just to handle it, like just to explain, because it's kind of like they might. I'm sure the reactions too, and people ask generally, oh, what's the biggest prize you've won, or what's the you know where have you been, and they're expecting you to say, oh, I've been to Reno and I won a daily for you know 500. You're like, oh yeah, I won 400 thousand last week, and yeah, I'm always like, like, oh god, how do I answer this question? Right, because it's like no way to really do it without sounding either. Yeah whatever. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting deal. So that is cool. And that's, that's great. But that was, was that a big decision or when party came to you, is that, were you looking for sponsorship or did they sort of reach out? I kind of, um, a friend of mine who was also on the team, she recommended me to them. And so I kind of got approached with the offer and it, to me, it was kind of a no brainer as well because they had just started doing, um, I, I forget the guarantee, off the top of my head, but it was for their big playground event. That was one of the first times they did it there. Yeah. Um, and I got to hear a little bit about what their plans were for the future and with the million series. And it was just really exciting, um, you know, to kind of be a part of that. And like, you know, I almost got the chills a little bit in the Caribbean this year for the CPP, because I think that, I mean, you were there, you probably felt the same a little bit, but it was definitely one of their most successful series. Um, It had sort of this, I I don't really know why or how to explain it. And I had this conversation with somebody, but it just felt really successful. It seemed like everything ran really smoothly. Everybody was happy. Um, And it was just, it's been cool to see them progress. And like you said, the best part about Party Poker and what I love so much about them is the customer service. Yeah. they're, you know, we, we just spoke a little bit about that with yesterday, but I think they, they're really like players first. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's true. Playground poker doing on, you know, live stuff, Nottingham, Rob, obviously his casino, they partnered with great live venues and they've, they've taken pride in, you know, party poker live. I think you could, it, it is the, the premier tour on their obviously world poker tour WSOP, but then competing with like poker stars has their, um, what does that mean? EPT now, I guess it's yeah. the stars championships, but like they've really ri- risen the bar, done the major main events, guarantees, yeah. the coverage, the everything, the team, they're bringing over people yeah. and, and expanding. So yeah, it's exciting time to be a professional and be, be aligned with, 
with Party Poker. I'm definitely very grateful to be there and, and it worked out well, uh, some change implementing Twitch. I want to ask you about that. Do you, have you ever streamed or do you record any of your stuff ever? Like not even for Twitch, but do you do, you, I'm sure you, you replay hands or, or, or you have some tracker stuff or now Party has my game and not the, the, you can't use HUDs, but like what kind of stuff do you do on review? Do you, do you save hands? Do you go over hand histories? Um, uh, well, your first question, I did Twitch once and it is very stressful and I'm not sure if it's something I want to do in the future, but it it was fun to do once or twice, but like a lot of credit to you for doing that because that's not easy. Um, you know, and for me, it's like when I play poker, I'm just trying to do everything I can to play my best and what a distraction that is. Right. To Twitch at the same time. Like, I can't imagine how I would play at the same level. It's just so hard. Um, but no, I would say for me, probably like hand reviews. Um, I, I love to just like, you know, if a spot comes up that's interesting or I'm not sure about, uh, you know, to go over that with somebody. And then also you can get into a deep discussion over one hand because then you could say, okay, well, we do this with this hand, but like, what would we do with this? And what's the worst hand we call with here? You know, what are best hand calling hands? I, to me, that's how I love to learn poker. And I always have. Um, that's, that's really interesting. Cause I agree. That's, that's like the thing where it might be like a semi semi clear spot or when someone says, I'm sure you and Alex discuss poker or sp- hands. It's nice to have someone that you are close with or in a rela- boyfriend, girlfriend that you can then share and, and enjoy, especially when you're talking at a high level and similar playing similar type of events. Uh, yeah. But just to like, exactly like you said, not just say, well, here I had ace queen. It was all in a cause like kind of obvious or you were pretty sure it was right. But then it's like, well, what do I do with ace 10 suited? Or, yeah. you know, I would go as wide as this and you start constructing yeah. ranges and, and different formats or bounties. You know, now that's a very prevalent tournament, yeah. that type of format. And, you know, some new, it's cool how there's new types, formats, changes, six max, four-handed, heads up events, all these different things. There's all kinds of always new yeah. situations. So I think that's uh, that's a good way to learn. To yeah, talk. one of the, the biggest things, I think me and Alex, like if we ever talk about a hand, it might actually be like, okay, um, this guy shoves this much on the button. Like these are the stacks. What's the worst hand you call with? Because like I don't really like giving people, I just want to hear a really genuine unbiased response. Right. I always think that's the best way. And then like the learning that happens in that is like, you know, uh, pretty amazing actually, just by a simple question like that. What's the worst hand you call with? What are you calling with here? And yeah. So for me, that's how a lot of learning happens. Absolutely. That's great. And what is it? What is a, what is your ideal Sunday look like on a grind? How many, we were talking a bit before a stream about ideal tables and you yeah. know, like, there was an interest yesterday where very rare, but party had a, issue with the the stuff goes down so you you know you're probably playing a majority of your volume on party or a lot of it you end up winning a uh 1k event on the side a different site for a nice score but how much do you think that it impacts like give me like a scale if you're playing two to four tables yeah. to 100 your game or how much it might drop if you're playing like 16 and what's the most tables you play on a, at a time convenient truth um i wish yeah. i could play like 15 tables yeah me too. There's so many great tournaments it's like even if I'm playing like a 5K, I'm like, this 109 is so good. How do I right. win this? Yes. Yeah, it's hard. But I think the actual, the, there's a formula, right? There is a right answer and it's probably less at some degree. There's like some compromise. But you know, I've had talked to people that tell me they can still play. You know, yeah. They think they can play 25 profitably. And yeah. I just think to my head, like I would just like, that just would explode. Like at 10, I feel like I'm just 
lost a lot of time. But um, yeah, give me a little thought on that. I think so. I just have one monitor, and I would say that I like to keep them tiled. So if I go over like eight tables, I know that okay, stop regging, like stop what I'm doing. Just when they start overlapping, but I think you know, optimally, probably six is good. I think that's a nice a nice number. Um, try not to go over eight, but it's hard. Yeah. Um, What's the most you've ever played like in the last recent year or so, like or, or or ever? Like, have you ever just gone insane? I mean, I used to play twenty four tables okay. when I played cash games, but that was it was so different because like I was only playing twelve percent of hands or something. Like it, right. it was full ring. You know, everyone's playing really tight. Um, I, this is the thing, like I had a really bad series in September and I was probably playing way too many tables, sometimes probably like 12, 14 tables. And I think until you have a session where you're playing four or six tables and you're like, oh my God, I was probably missing so many spots or making so many small mistakes. And like, I think personally in poker, especially poker tournaments, it's all the tiny little spots that are bigger than the big spots. You know, we, we, everyone wants to say like, Oh, what do you do in this big hand that, you know, that's like a, whatever, 80 big blind pot plus, but it's like, if you actually look at the pots that are like six big blinds, that's kind of interesting to me, you know, and it's all those little ones that you probably miss. Cause you're just like, Oh, I, I you know, you've snap folded your small blinds, but like, maybe you should complete, maybe you should raise, but like I've watched people a lot um, stream a session or not necessarily stream a session, but like, I've watched people in game just do that because they're autopiloting and then they're like, Oh, I have Jack two off student in the small blind and just fold and like put auto fold on and like staying away from that is really key. And I think that once you play live, it's really hard to then mass multi-table online and for like 12 hours, you know, like a Sunday is a long day. I think yesterday I played, right. for like, I don't know, 12 or 14 hours or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah. For me, I've, I've really been trying to focus on keeping tables lower, like, quality. I, I certainly have played a lot of poker in the last couple of years and I think kind of felt a little bit burnt out or tired. So I think trying to be really selective in what I do play when I play now. Yeah, is- for sure. And would you say, are you more volume or a quality over volume? If you go to this, are you going to the UK millions or not that yeah. one? Yeah. Are- yep. Nice. Is, is that something where you'll go like, all right, I'm going to play the main, I'll play the 25 K or if you bust something, are you in like, oh, I'm going to play the one K I'll play the five K I'm going to play everything. Or do you try to just like, play the, the best stuff and say, okay, I'll take off a little time if I bust. Yeah. I, I just had a, a mental game coach session thing about this. Um, I am going to only play the good, the big stuff and focus right. on that and not play the one K. Yeah. Cause I, I have to learn to respect that time off is, is a good thing. And I didn't used to do that in the past. I was just at a series where I played the one K and the 10 K and yeah, it, it's too much, you know, it's hard to miss events, but it's important too. So yeah, I, I do. I, I've been uh, some of the players that I've noticed having that I respect a lot, and I see some of their results and how they're performing in a lot of these big in the tours and stuff. And I, and I start talking to them, and and then I start thinking about it. So it's true because it's like I'm I'm a father now. I don't get to go play quite as much necessarily as I want, but so it's kind of like I'm there. I'm like, oh, I want to play, but really. Yeah, like you could do stuff productive or, or relax or rest or get you know, something fresh. Like I can't tell you how many times I show up to a 10K and I'm like three, four hours late or I'm tired or I just like instead of like trying to do it all, just try to like come. All right, I'm going to come at noon. I'm going to start at the beginning. I'm going to be fully rested. I'm going to have a workout, meditation routine, and I'm going to give this event my best. I'm sure 
be a lot better results than just in general. Like it's just going to be a better formula. And uh, yeah, you don't need a whatever, right? You can't. And then it, the problem is those one case too. What you get like fifteenth, you get tenth, or you get what? What are you really trying to do? Like you have to kind of win the event, you know? That's what I just did actually in Prague for like nothing. Yeah, and um, the thing is that what I've had a hard time with is when you're at a poker stop and you're like in tournaments, in tournaments, and then you bust and and say there's a 1K or you can take a day off. But it's like, I'm not in the mood to take a day off. I want to play. And yeah. so it's hard to accept that and kind of get in like a different mindset of like, okay, let's have fun for the day. So right. it's something I, I struggle with, but I'm trying to learn. And yeah. Right. Me too. I'm with you. That's 2020. Sounds like some goals and New Year's resolution. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll hold each other to it. If we, uh, I'll check on you. If I see you in a 1K and a random stop, I'm going yeah. to call you out on that. Thank you. Um, yeah, vice versa. Please do the same for me. Um, okay. And then, uh, is it, so explain to me how you choose your year. Do you map, does it, is it certain ones like the party poker stuff kind of must a lot of the, those great stops, um, yeah. but world series, you know, it's easy. It's like, you're there for the summer or for parts of it. How do you decide on like a Prague versus Bellagio? Did you end up going to Bellagio at all? Or was it one or the other? No, I didn't. And sadly that's cause, um, being Canadian, I get, withheld through yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah so tax wise financially for me it didn't really make sense mm. to um i do like Prague, so i decided to go there but um for the most part i feel like i've been to a lot of places now so i can kind of pick which ones i like or don't like and kind of go from there so like i love australia and aussie millions so after uk i'm going there okay and i haven't really decided where i won't go yet but um i, I don't really plan too much ahead i think I'm trying to for this year a little bit more, but you know, you kind of, to some extent you have to see how you feel, I think. And, you know, maybe you're in the mood to travel across, you know, to King's casino, or maybe you're not. And it takes a lot of energy, you know? Right. So yeah, it's a production. It's a, you got to really, the whole, the, the whole setup, the whole travel, do you like to get there early or like, do you get there and show up and go play or do you get there the day before try to get acclimated? Like, I think, it's very, very good to get there early. I know we're doing that for Nottingham. I'm going to leave in like two days and then spend a couple of days in London, try to relax, get on the time zone. Um, so yeah, definitely that's like preferable, not always possible, but yeah. But yeah, we're lucky. There's like amazing stops all year. So the schedule is pretty, you know, like a year goes by so quickly. It's crazy. Yeah, it does. It really, it is. It's crazy. A decade to coming to an end 2020 coming up do you do you do goal setting do you have anything or, or like a new year's resolution type deals do you kind of look do you take a step back and evaluate what's going on is that something that is in your repertoire you yeah, go? i like doing that i typically um like new year's eve is a time when maybe you know i have those thoughts and kind of reflect on the year back and certainly in the last couple of weeks i've been thinking you know how can i make next year better what you know what could i do better for next year because Certainly there's lots of room for improvement always. And um, yeah, I just try to keep it. I mean, to be fair, I try to do that every few months. I, I think it's a good habit to have, you know, of just taking that time to like, you know, how could I be happier? How could I be more successful? What do I need to do? Um, certainly is the type of person that I am um, in general. And I, I do like having that time to kind of reflect back and often, you know, if you've had success or not, but like, it's perspective is huge. You know, if I have like a losing five months, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, you know, like I'm a failure. 
<laughs> and it's, it's like, I only have this much money now. I had this much before, but it's like, well, wait a second. Like if I saw where I am five years ago, it would be like a dream come true, but you don't see it when you're in the moment necessarily, you know, you need, you need to take those setbacks. I agree. I agree completely. That's, that's exactly right. Tell me what it's like buying in now for, as, as, as I'm looking here, I believe you, 100, you've played is the 100K, that was your largest buying, or you've played 25, the 25s, I see a bunch, uh, 100K, is, is that the largest one? Uh, yeah, the 100Ks are the, the most I've ever played. I think there's the, there's some like the 250Ks, I've never played one yet, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. T- tell me a little bit about, this hundred K, I think I remember a crazy hand where maybe you had, it was like Queens, the Kings, the aces oh, or yeah. something insane. And yeah. was this, this was this one. Yes. And, it was that one. And what, what was the exact, what was that hand in particular? Um, the Queens, the Kings, the aces. Did someone else have a, oh, was that it? Was that, I, it was something insane. I remember like massive hands and it was a three way all in or four way all in or something. And yeah, it was kind of ridiculous because I think registration was just about to close and because we have shot clocks, I always like to look at my cards like as soon as possible. Yeah. Not much time to make a decision. So I, I think I had like 18 big blinds or something. And I was like, oh, here we go. Like maybe I'll fade a rebuy. Uh, yeah. And then for a second, I think it went like raise all in, all in. And I was like, do I fold this? And then I was like thinking, but it was Michael Zhang was the last shover. And I'm like, well, like if there was anyone to not feel like I need to fold it to him because he knows his ranges very well and he definitely isn't overfolding. Uh, and so I was like, I guess I go with this. And then obviously got the bad news that I was not in very good shape, but yeah, faded a rebuy and then ended up kind of running it up and the final table didn't go as I would have liked, but getting a cash in a hundred K is always great. So. Yeah, I was going to, I just, I just do remember that specific hand and I was looking here in the hundred K, but really want to ask you what, what is that like for you just looking back playing like grinding supernova elite 50 cent dollar playing a hundred thousand dollar buying does that give you and or your mother your family anxiety like like because it's it's pretty crazy right like to yeah. i've played several hundred k's as well and it's like the worst feeling in the world's busting the wsop main event or like a really high buying because then you know like you're going to play a lot of five k's 10 k's two k's sure. okay so you're kind of now it's like a mental uh it's a bit of a mental exercise how do you cope with the, the the process of buying in dealing with with when yeah. you get cash and how do you handle that i don't know for some reason i'm I, I i don't know if i'm lucky that i don't feel a tremendous amount of anxiety from it i think what i don't like like what you said about the busting thing like i hate busting i hate feeling like you know i'm not playing 100k on my own money so i'm selling a lot of action and i hate feeling like i'm losing money for people yeah. like I, you know when i get to pay people out that have bought action it's really rewarding so um I don't know. To me, it's, it's just fun. And it's, there's always a vibe of those tournaments. that's actually relaxing. It's not like stressful for some reason. I don't know. You you definitely have moments of the tournament that, you know, like you're on the bubble or things like that. I, I, you know, that's a high stress situation. Um, But for the most part, it's, it's a pretty relaxed, nice environment. And I think that you'll hear people say this, but as you move up in stakes and poker, like people are nicer Um, for I think personally. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's very true, especially at the, you know, the high stakes, you know, the highest of stakes. It's a lot, you get a lot of either people have done very well and made it for the most part or, and or business types that are not so concerned or stressed about the money. And I think that that does contribute to the atmosphere. Exactly. So for me, what it is, is there's more like 
um, an intense hunger in those events to feel like I want people to feel confident in me that I can win a hundred K, you know, it, there's definitely that little bit of like an ego, like confidence thing that happens. And so it, for me, it was frustrating that, you know, a bunch of the first 25 Ks I played or the first hundred Ks I played, I never got anything going and they didn't go well. And for me, it was frustrating because I'm thinking like, Oh, now people, you know, won't want to buy action or, they won't think that I'm good enough to play these or that I'm not confident enough or whatever it might be. So for me, it's that it's like, I feel super driven to, you know, I want to win one. I want to show that I can compete at this level and do that because to me, I actually don't think that it's a huge difference, you know, playing it a hundred K versus a 10 K. Like at the end of the day, it is still poker, you know, nobody's, you know, there's, there's far less mistakes from the pros um, but then you have the other side of it, you know, the, the players who aren't pros that, that are playing those. And, um, sometimes, I mean, I had a table, uh, my first hundred K when I busted, I think that table was probably softer than any 10 K table I'd been at. Right. Like, almost not exaggerating. So yeah, no, for sure. That, that yeah. can, that definitely can happen. And there is value in them. And, you know, like you said, it's almost like a monkey or, it's kind of like a, it, it's almost stressful just from that perspective that, you know, it's so results oriented, right? Yes. So it's like that you yeah. get cooler, you get set up or you don't run well, lose a flip or whatever, right? It just doesn't go your way. Yeah. And you start thinking like, and that's like, oh, wow, when is the next one? Because I really, I want to get in there. I want to show what I can do, but you could literally run, you could not cash at hundred K if you played 10 in a year or, or, you know, 25 Ks. And then yeah. it doesn't mean really much, which is also a little bit kind of it's kind of a bizarre um situation how that works but it's a frustrating side to poker you know and then if i would have won three in a row i'm the best player in the world exactly you know what i mean it is very results oriented and so that's the part that frustrates me and then thinking like you know i had this opportunity where i finally you know i i sold you know 80 percent, which is hard to do you know to sell like a lot to 100k isn't necessarily easy and And yeah, just wanting that opportunity again or feeling disappointed with like, oh, it's, it's annoying that, you know, say you just get an aces and lose and the tournament's over. It's like just very dissatisfying. But it, the money part doesn't really play a factor to me. I don't yeah. know. It makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And how have you found with because uh, I know you post some on State Kings. I saw Alex does as well, which is pretty cool. I use it um, very popular platform where people get to engage and you can actually, you know, crowdfund in a way where you can you you let hundreds of people could have a piece of you that you're never going to text with. You're never going to get a hold of them. You're not going to collect the money, give the money. But the fact that they do that, have you enjoyed that? Is that something you're doing more of? Do you like that? Yes. And it's so easy. It's amazing because I mean, I don't know how much money is owed or not paid in, you know, between poker players of, you know, buy a piece of this, I'll buy a piece of that. The organization level of State Kings is amazing. Like I love the fact that it's so easy and it's easy for, you know, the buyer, the seller, um, and even that, like, I think I had like maybe one win or something where a lot of people had bought and like, that feels good to me. Even if I don't know who it is who bought a piece, you right. know, knowing that they made an investment that was profitable is nice. Yeah, it is. It's, it's cool as well for that reason that you can literally have, or your family or friends, because it's like, it's exactly what you're saying. It doesn't even, it's not even, it's the fact of collecting, dealing with, I can't, I mean, I, I deal with numbers. I'm sure you do. It happens. It's part of yeah. how it all works, but that is it's like kind of a thing you might not settle for a while or it's just annoying to deal with. And, yeah. and that, that, that alone is worth just to, if you tell your buddy wants to buy a piece or your mom wants yeah. to square along, she wants to pay $5 and have fun. You can, you don't have to like, exactly. Deal with it. So 
that's cool. I saw Alex post that it was actually a bit unlucky, um, right? That for State Kings, at least investors, I believe, because I think he was, you know, he ended up being in with more than a few. He sold a few bullets on on State Kings, uh, which was pretty cool. I actually wanted to buy, um, and I actually my I didn't get a chance to do it. And even though I think it was like two point which in that tournament, I mean, obviously, look, what he what was it a hundred whatever the ROI? It's pretty insane that people have access to the caliber of players like you and Alex, but it was kind of crazy because like he ended up being more bullets than was posted. I think it was probably, I would imagine just in his mind, like, yeah, you don't expect to be in for five or you don't want to like, you know, you only do a couple and that's a little bit of a tricky deal too. It's true. Yeah. That's the one thing that's hard. And, and again, like a tough part from, from when you're selling action and some people only want one bullet and some want two. And it's just honestly like the accounting side of poker can be pretty frustrating sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah. and just to cover on this, because this seems to be a hot topic and the fact that you're, you play the high stakes online live and, and what, where do you feel on this re-entry debate? Because it's definitely prevalent. It's a, it's a, it's something that's, that needs to be discussed because it's happening and it's, it's interesting. Where do, where do you kind of fall on this? I've actually had kind of an opinion about this for a while. And I would say that I, I think tournaments are keeping registration open way too long. It's, like crazy. Um, I'm not going to like point name tournaments or whatever, but when you can re-enter a tournament with eight big blinds, it's just like, what's the point of, for the other people who are playing from the start of the tournament. Um, And I think it was, um, or Kenny Hallert did a kind of breakthrough about late regging and how it can be like incredibly profitable. So basically what it's saying is that if you max late reg a tournament, you know, four hours in or whatever, you have so much uh, more EV than like the people who are there from the beginning. And I don't think that the people from the beginning should be at a disadvantage in that way. And yeah. for me, I just think if registration would close quicker, it would at least limit, you know, how many times people are rebuying. And I think that it would solve a little bit of the issues. I think for main events, there is something nice about, you know, it's a freeze out and there's no re-entries. Maybe one re-entry is nice. Um, but Again, I'm not completely opposed to unlimited reentry um, fields. I just think that in my mind, what I hate is if I'm in a tournament on time and let's just say um, I've begged, I played all of day one and registration is still open on day two of an event and I've begged chip lead. Well, now when all these people buy in on day two, it's like, I don't know, in two levels, it's like, it doesn't even matter that I was there all day. And it's just, it, it's so advantageous for like the late reg people. So I think like close registration with like 25, 30 big blinds, something like that. I don't right. know. That's yeah, not my opinion. So uh, yeah, for me, that sounds, that sounds like a good solution. I, I think that's true, but at the, I go back and forth too. Cause I do think there is something though about being there on time or being early and getting to play deeper. Yeah. With, you know, obviously it just depends. Like it makes, it's an interesting point. I actually haven't heard it exactly as you just described it or what Kenny was kind of coming up with, which makes sense. If you're in eight, 10 blinds, you double up, you know, you have 20, 25 blinds all of a sudden. Deep, right? They're very close to the money at that point, typically. Right. Like there's sometimes you can register like with like five people away from the money or something. Like it's actually crazy. I mean, I know there's been tournaments where you can basically register and you're one away from the money. So all of a sudden that eight big blinds is worth so much. Yeah. Also on those satellites too, there's sometimes too, or it's like weird where it's like, you're down to like, you just have to double and you're like right there. Um, those type of things. But 
Um, it is interesting. It's a, I think that's a great idea and solution. I just haven't, just trying to think more on it. Um, but yeah, that, that, there is a, you know, Alex obviously benefited. Um, the rules are for everyone. There's nothing he did. Exactly, what do you want to do? It's like, you know, he, he was in for five bullets, but you know, he's a GPI number one player in the world. But, and that is a little demoralizing, I think to people too. Like you, you're yeah. an amateur, you bust Alex. And you see him at the game at your table, you know, t- knocking you out next day yeah. three. But you know what? It's that's that's yeah. how the, that's how that particular tournament is done. Not all are like that. Yeah. And it's also in a way, though, you could argue that maybe players play worse. Some of these guys are going. The prize pools get bigger. Maybe Alex is get these guys are gambling yeah, a little the more. Prize pool is massive. You right. know, there is pros. To me, it just doesn't feel like a real tournament until registration is closed. So. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing against that tournament, and I just have to say, like, it's so frustrating for people to try to take away his. No, win. for sure. I, I don't, it's it's so ridiculous, and that's just people trying to hate on something. It is ridiculous. It's impressive, regardless. Yeah. I don't. I think it doesn't matter at all. And and honestly, you know, if you think about it too, it's like it does. You could really come at either side because now here he is in for five bullets. Like the guy, you have to you have to get pretty pretty deep. And and when you're on that fifth bullet, and you only have twenty or fifteen blinds, like. You're just out. I mean, how many people were in for five, six, seven, eight bullets and didn't cash? Like, exactly. it's, it's not just like, oh, you get to play rebuy and you're just like going to final table. I mean, yeah. it doesn't I, mean yeah. I can pretty confidently say I don't think he was ever thinking like, oh, I could, like in a decision like, oh, I can rebuy. So I'll just go all in with nine, ten suited. Like, you know, right. that's what's happening. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I agree. I think it's it gets a little bit, um, yeah, it's, it, it gets blown out of proportion a bit, but it, it's definitely a debate. It's interesting. And, and I think it's something that the sites and the, the tours are aware of. They're looking at, they're thinking of solutions, compromises, and, and some yeah. of the things you mentioned seem like great. No, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think like party poker adjusted their millions main events in that way as well. Now limiting how many people can re-enter because I know we saw in Barcelona, you know, there is an aspect that if you can just, you know, unlimited, Reentry is go- it does kind of tend to end up making the fields tougher at the end. Um, so I, yeah, it is nice for main events. I think like, you know, millions main events. I, I don't think those should be unlimited and they're not, which is nice. Yep. No, I call it, it, it also does make it a little wild, right? Like even the 10 K Bahamas, these places like, all right, you can play once a day. Like that's, that's kind of nice to play. Cause when you're playing in that moment, you feel like, all right, there is a consequence. You know, like I, for people I talk to, there's like, oh, look, I don't know what to do. Like I'm out. Like I, they're not just trying to punt it off and, and make it like that format where, you know, that people don't want to bust. And so it kind of still has that genuine freeze out feel. Exactly. And it's not like, you know, you go to a poker trip and you think you're playing a 10 K then all of a sudden you're, you know, in for 50 K like that's, you know, that's not what anybody wants. No. <laughs> I promise you that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not, uh, that's not fun. Also the, the party millions they brought back that two fifteen is kind of cool. They do it that way too. You can't rebuy, but you can play all the different flights. So you play yes. flight A, you're out, you know, play now you're MB. So it's a freeze yeah. out for that field. I think that's like, that's like a really, yeah, it's a great way of. I, agree. I like that too. Um, all right. We're going to cover a couple more things. Then we do have you, I believe set the official record. We have almost a hundred, Question. So I, I don't. We'll we'll whip through a lot of them. I think there's some similar ones, but we do have okay. a fifty-five dollar ticket courtesy of Party Poker and uh, Chrissy gonna be doing at the end for anyone who answers or puts a question out. You're eligible, even if we get to it or not. Um, is there anything you want to touch on before we knock in the, the questions about 
Um, the, the state of poker, where it's at, do you feel like there's debate about online dying? Um, you know, you see actually sports betting is legal in the U.S. at a federal level. Michigan just passed. Pennsylvania's in, in play. I don't know if you – did you know that? I didn't know that, no. Yeah, big, big deal. A lot happening. I mean, our uh, your North American friends here in the U.S., we're, we're getting in tune to the uh, the next stages of, of gaming. So Michigan – and that's – Michigan did just pass just now. Pennsylvania, did you hear that, though? No, I didn't. Yeah, so that's actually, like, legal. Party's going to ha- – I think Stars is operating, but um, wow. Party will have Pennsylvania – you know, they're, they're looking at the coordinating the um, interstate uh, to make it where the states can, can play together. But there, there is stuff happening. Where do you feel poker is at? Are you okay with what's happening? What would you like to see changed? What do you love? And then we'll uh, go into that. Well, I mean, something that just came to mind, uh, you made me think about when I'm at a live event, like being at the party poker, you know, being in the Caribbean for that event. And when you're playing poker and you look around and you see everybody who has traveled, you know, from Canada, from Europe, from everywhere, just to play poker. Like, it's pretty cool that we, you know, all, you know, love this game so much and that we have these organizations putting on these events um, so we can all kind of do that. And I think that that's, you know, the reason why hopefully, you know, people do support party poker, do, you know, even the other organizations, WPT and all that kind of stuff that, you know, it's important to keep these events running and these, you know, events going to keep, keep this going because it, it's you know great i i like to think it's not dying but i don't know if that's just the view that i'm in because you know look at the bellagio it got over a thousand runners in that 10k like that's pretty incredible um i feel like i've been to events where they're like this is a record like this this event has never got so many people before um online poker is definitely changing but hopefully like you said with um you know these state by state rules improving that you know, it will expand back into the U.S. a little bit more legally. You know, we have ACR and all of those in the States, but, you know, party pokers. So now how many states does party poker have? New Jersey? Well, so New Jersey, it's operating and running. There's Nevada's legal, but I don't believe that parties in there at the moment. Um, There is uh, Pennsylvania should be very soon. It is legal. Michigan, Delaware. So there's, yeah, there's like five. Yeah, I'm, I'm an optimist. I'm hopeful. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay, so let's uh let's dive in. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, maybe at the end here finish a couple more thoughts, but um we'll see. We'll just kind of jump in. I don't know if you can you see them on my screen or no. Yeah, I can see those. Okay, I'll I'll just kind of go through shout out some of them. Uh, someone asking about do you want to marry me? I think you want Christy is in a happy relationship with Mister Number One Alex Fox and GPI. So I think she's I'll probably <laughs> I'll say no on the marry for you, yeah. but. I'm sure you could be friends. Um, uh, what? Oh yeah, happy birthday! Didn't was that yesterday? Yeah, thank you. Happy, happy birthday! Very I nice. Got, I got some poker run good. That's awesome. Yeah, I you want to? So good in that tournament, it was crazy. I was like, the birthday run good is real. It was like actually hilarious. Like I have aces, and someone gets an ace queen for like fifty big blinds. It was just easy. I was like, I didn't even have to think at all on the final table. It was just like, oh, I have aces. I'm, I call. That is nice. That's a nice, that's nice to get a, a win too, not a second or a third, yes. just a flat win. Oh, um, on my birthday. Yeah. That's great. I love it. Uh, uh, uh oh. Let's see. What is what is your what is your least okay least favorite hand in poker? Do you have one that just seems to always like you have to play? It just doesn't win. You I, read, I would just say any hand that loses. But um, and then I joked and said, well, of course it's jacks, right? Yeah, um, that, that seems to be everyone's. I don't know nine two offsuit. Yeah, okay. and I have to fold 
is my least favorite hand. <laughs> I love it. That's fair. You like to so you like to see flops. I like um, to play. Yeah. That's that's a good answer. I am looking through here. Have you ever had a moment where you were like, poker is not for me? I think you mentioned you were in a downswing either earlier this yeah. year or somewhere. Was, was that maybe some period of that where you just were like, I don't know, this is tough? Or yeah. you are just, I mean, I every, I, I'm assuming every poker player sort of goes through a moment of like, what am I doing? Maybe poker isn't for me, but maybe like, why can't I get, you know, where I want to be? Why can't I run good in that 100K? Why, why is this happening? Um, I know I really, really loved poker. And I think that actually something I didn't mention when you said getting the sponsorship, I remember when I first started going to poker events and I was like a nobody and um, just feeling like, I think like, you know, uh, feeling like I had a future in poker and kind of feeling like I, I don't know how to explain it, but like, I knew that this was for me, if that makes sense. So I would say more than anything, the moments are like, that I like what I'm doing and that it feels good to me. But yeah, definitely through the the hard moments and hard days, um, I definitely have, have had little, you know, tough times of like, you know, what am I doing? You know, will the downswing ever end? Will I ever win at poker again? Am I terrible? Like, you know, all of those thoughts. Yeah, that's for sure. That th- those are definitely uh make makes sense. I think you were no again. This is I gotta check the notes because okay. it's nice that you're here, so we can double check. But were you you're saying about you never took a break really, or you played every single day kind of, and you had to step back, take a day off, and and sort of take a little time for yourself. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Like even this year, I think in September, I. I, well, I went to Barcelona to play after like World Series to London to Barcelona and just had some moments there where I realized like, whoa, I'm burnt out. My mind isn't working as I want it to. Um, I was feeling kind of emotional, um, didn't don't feel like I played very well and then just realized like I need to recover. Like recovery is a real thing, you know, and, and being a poker player is tiring. I don't know if getting older changes anything. I hope not, but maybe my brain isn't able to play as much as I used to play. Um, but yes, yeah, no, definitely learning the value of recovery and time off. And yeah. Right. That's, yeah, it's definitely important. You said you'd work with, you have some coaching or, or some, some, uh, you do some mental work. Yes. Yeah. So I work with Jared Tendler and Elliot Rowe and, um, now one of Elliot's, uh, colleagues. Yeah. So I'm, I always have actually for many years. I, I think it's helpful. Even if you're just sitting down to have that scheduled time to go over, you know, what things look like, how's poker going? What can we do to improve? Uh, you know, where's my mind at? I mean, poker is such a mental game. So, you know, it's, it's important. And in tournament poker, you go from being bored for 15 hours a day to all of a sudden you have a decision that's worth like a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so it's like, how do you perform well in that moment when that decision is on? Right. So you have to make sure your, your head is working and clear and those decisions are big. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would, I would do work with Elliot as well. And I think that's, you know, a lot of credit to him and those guys, but it's yeah. also about just, you said, taking the time to, to sit there and, breathe yeah. a little, think about it, talk out loud about today. Okay. I will not play this many tables. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to rest the night before and just sort of like think out loud on what you need to do. And that, that is very helpful exactly. as well. Um, do you have a Sunday routine or a date before you play poker? Do you work? I see you in the gym. I saw you in the Bahamas. You guys, is that, is that pretty much like a always thing or is that obviously you try to, but do you, do you literally say, I'm not going to start playing. Would you lay reg before you work out or are you going to just start playing? Uh, 
if it was like a workout day, then yeah, like, so I'm going to go to the gym after. And then I chose like, okay, tomorrow I won't go to the gym, but definitely like, especially a live poker stop. I really, really like the workout before, um, on a Sunday. Yeah. If I can get time into the gym, that's great. If not, that's okay. And then Monday would be like a longer thing. I don't know. To me, like the gym and fitness is so huge and makes such a difference just for my life as well as here. Um, But no, I mean, really, it's just, you know, some coffee, look through the lobbies, kind of try to visualize the day and I guess get in a positive mindset and like expect to win and and feel that I will win because I I do believe in, um, I guess, like, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Visualization or just sort of yes. like energy positive. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Being, being organized. Yes. Um, how did you find the game of poker and found out that you wanted to make a living out of it? You, you mentioned earlier kind of how you got into it, but just quickly, just to answer the question. Sure. Um, yeah. Just, just some friends were like, you want to play poker? Didn't know what that was. Fell in love with the game instantly. And then kind of just, found any poker game around the city that I could play and found poker books and yeah, just kind of became obsessed. Yes, it is a very, it, it, it happens. I, I can relate. Yeah. Um, you answered this already. Do you play more live poker or online? You said about 70, 30 live. Is that about that's right? About? Yeah. Okay. I, I saw that question. I'm assuming they mean, what do I like better too, which I was torn between, but I think if I had to choose one for the rest of my life, it would definitely be live poker, but Playing in my pajamas is nice too. <laughs> that is that is fun. Yeah. Um, your family reacts to poker. We already covered that. Where it is, they're they're, they're supportive, and it just kind of took a little bit. But now they they're maybe yeah. bigger fans and really <laughs> like it. Uh, anyone that inspired you to follow your dreams about poker in particular? Um, not necessarily inspired, but I do feel that I've had a lot of good people to support me um, along the way. If that makes sense. So just you know, friends who believed in me or whatever yeah. that might be. Yeah. And I think kind of, to be fair, like anybody successful in poker is inspiring. Um, so whether I was playing one, two, and I, I can't remember a specific screen name, but I don't know, uh, you know, random, whatever that player was. And when I logged on and I saw him playing and then the next day he's still playing, it's like, okay, he can do that. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, be that good or, just seeing the people who are out there doing it, you know, like years ago, I remember seeing David Peters everywhere and it was like, Oh wow. Like look at how hard these people are working and I can do that. And trying to see myself in a way um, that, that I was at that level and that I was willing to put in that work too. Absolutely. What, what is your most memorable poker win? Um, I think probably, I don't remember the exact tournament it was, but it was in Macau. I won an event there. Um, I think it was a 10 K or 5k it's it's all hong kong dollars but it was pretty funny because it was one of the first poker trips me and alex went on together and i remember we didn't have many hong kong dollars and we had borrowed some from my friend uh danny tang i guess some people know him yeah and he's like i'll get you more and i was like okay whatever i was like okay i just have to we have to win this tournament like me and alex both played it with this money and we're like we need to win it and i was like okay so i don't think it went very well for him but um, I ended up winning and then so we were fine for cash for the trip and then Alex actually like won the next tournament and then we won with the exact same hand which was pretty crazy so that was that was probably one of like the most memorable yeah yeah that was March 2018 the the, the 80k in Hong Kong dollar 
Yeah. No, 80,000. Maybe it was, was 80,000 US. It was 10K, right, Alex? Or 5K? Yeah, 10K. 10K. It was a 10K. Yeah, it was like the first tournament there. Yeah, and I beat David Peters heads up, which is fun. Nice. Very nice. And then Alex won as well. Something. Yeah, and then Alex wins like the 50K? Yeah. Like I was playing heads up and he was chip leader of the 50K. And then what, like how weird is this? He literally won with like ace. I won with a six and he won with a six. Yeah. That's I, I, you know, I remember seeing that. I do remember seeing a post about that or something where you guys did win the same hand and then you got fourth as well in another tournament there. So that yes. was a good trip. It was a good trip. Yeah. And it was like our, our first like real official poker trip together. So yeah. Wow. A lot of pressure. Yeah. You guys come home with goose eggs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that's uh, all right. So that's exciting. Um, let's keep the other. So most memorable one that makes that definitely is memorable. Uh, who's better in poker? You or Alex? That's a that's a. There's one trying to trying to figure it out. What uh, you, guys talk, you guys talk a lot about? I mean, I'm sure you guys evaluate. You said you guys you do talk poker like that. That makes sense. Yeah, right? I mean, we're both like you know we both definitely have a very strong passion for the game, and it's nice to be able to share that passion with somebody and uh, you're playing in a lot of the same games. So yeah, it's just kind of natural that it, you know, that's where we met playing poker and just sort of natural that we end up talking about that stuff. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. What do you want to achieve in life besides poker? Do you have any long-term kind of things that you would uh, looking to do outside of poker? Um, I just think for the most part, stay healthy and happy and like have a family. I think having kids would be a goal. Uh-oh. Yeah. Earmuffs, earmuffs, Alex. I don't know I if you know. Yeah. I have to think about soon. So All right. that's exciting. Yeah. Well, just be ready to, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, I'm just telling you, kids are, it's, you know, I'm sure you, you have many friends or people that have them. It's a, it's a serious deal. That's a whole, it's a, it's a, that's yeah. just a whole other thing. So well, it's inspiring though, seeing like, I know you and your wife, you've traveled with your baby, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's doable. I'm just saying it's like, uh, especially if you're both, playing uh you know it's like it's a i mean there's people that do it it's it's, you can do it it's just like you really got to be ready you know you want to make sure you're thinking about what that looks like and how it is and there's a way to do it but exactly yeah it would be it's going to be tricky that's why for the next few years i'm like i want to you know do do what i can in poker first right um okay you let's see oh someone i've been saying how how what do you do to always look so beautiful that's what i've been asking what are give us some beauty tricks Kristen. what do you do go to the gym gym that's good that's a strong one that's not easy to do either most people don't follow through with that um are you lucky do you believe that you're lucky yes i'm very lucky okay there, there, there. That is. When did when, so? Do you remember when did you start playing poker? You did say that, but exactly. You remember like the first time, the day, like where you were. Was it like Money Maker two thousand three? Had already been on. Was it who? Brought, was, like, where were you specifically when you started? I was going to. I was living in Ottawa, Ontario. I was going to school for criminology, which is very weird. I don't even know why I picked that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was just like a Saturday night or something uh, with you know, um, the roommates I was staying with at the time. And yeah, that was, what was the question? Again? <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh, when did you how, like start playing poker? Where did you yeah. start playing? So after I started and then I started playing in like underground clubs and I think we went into that now, but yeah. And I played on paradise poker. That was the first website I played on. Interesting. I, yeah, I never played on that one, but yeah. I know that was a. Heads up, sit and goes with my mom's credit card. <laughs> 
Nice. Well, it started, out, it started well, right? She yeah. started off good, so no yeah. problem. Uh, favorite movie? Um, I don't know. Pass. <laughs> okay, we'll come back. You'll think of it. Um, do you have a favorite hand other than Aces? Is there like a cheeky one you like? Uh, well, I guess it used to be five, six suited. We called. We had a name. I don't know if anyone's listening who was at this poker game, but um, we called it Super Joe. It was like this dealer named Joe, I guess it was his hand. I don't know, but I, I can't remember the exact details. Um, it's too long ago now, but yeah, like 14 years ago at the casino I played, uh, there was, we all called five, six suited super Joe. And then it, it became like a hand. So I guess that's, yeah, that's the hand. But. Super Joe. All right. It's five, six. Aces. <laughs> and aces are nice for sure. Um, this question is about you and Alex both travel so much for poker. How do you maintain a social life with family and friends back in St. Catharines or Toronto? Someone, I guess, knows this Christian. Not very well. <laughs> What's that? Not very well. Yep. Okay. It's, it is hard, right? Especially different time zones, traveling, playing. Yeah. yeah. There's only so much time. To, it's like got to be in the morning if you're going to. Yeah, really- it's really hard. And it's something I. Hope, hopefully we'll kind of change and get better at, and I think we're trying to, but you know, it's luckily, I think we have supportive friends and family who understand that, you know, what we're doing is time consuming and difficult and they're supportive of that. So that's nice, but yeah, it's, it's tough. Yep. And uh, someone asking how John Raymond says, how uh, with so many amazing venues with party poker, which event do you look forward to a little more than others this year, each year? And this year, maybe in particular, anything that's got your eye? Um, mm-hmm. um, well, they have an event in Vegas again, right? Which I actually kind of like, which is boring, I guess. But <laughs> I like I like Vegas. Um, I, I didn't see the full schedule yet. I'm not going to lie, because there's Uruguay. Yep. Where else? I, I don't, that's true. I don't think the parties, too, I mean, they, they have the Bahamas in November, which was great this year. Yeah. Um, Uruguay, the, the millions will be at, and I'm not, yeah, I don't know middle of the year really, like where okay. else. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed the Caribbean this year, um, which was a nice change because I, I feel like I had a bad um, experience in the past. I, I guess not the Atlantis, it was just, you know, whatever. But yes, agree I really with you. enjoyed it this year. Yeah, the, the venue was right. It just felt like compact but big. Like it was nice, like to get to the tournament play. How they had to organize the food options. Everything was just yeah, smooth and- exactly. Yeah, for me, the food is always a big thing. So, <laughs> yeah. How do you handle patience and bad beats without showing any emotion? Um, <laughs> I don't always do that. Secret? I don't always do that. I've I've had some explosions, but uh, no, for the most part, I'm pretty calm. I think I think just realizing like you know, as a poker player, you don't, that's not what we have control over. And it doesn't really do anything to like cry or yell about a bad beat. And it's better to laugh about it if you can somehow. Right. Um, And I think one thing for me is like, as a poker player, if I make a mistake, I hate myself. If I run bad, I feel okay. If I played the hand well. So I, I think it's just coming from that mindset of like, what, what am I in control of? And if I've played well, I'm usually fine. Um, so you can't get too upset. If you know, if you got aces all in versus like eight, nine suited preflop and you lose, like, you know, you did your job. So it's just unlucky. And yeah. Yep. I'm with you on that. And have you ever had any degen moments, any pits, any betting? Do you ever have you ever gotten carried away? Oh uh, well, okay, not with gambling like that, just probably in poker, honestly. Like 
I've had, when I used to play cash games, like I'm such a fish, I would hate booking a loss so badly that I've had multiple like 30 hour plus sessions oh, and wow. online. Uh, like I remember, yeah, play, basically playing like two days straight. And it, it's silly and stupid. And just to get up, you just didn't want to have a negative. Like you didn't want to show right down a negative for the session. Yeah, I think I think uh, Joey Ingram talks about this before because I, I we used to play like the same games, and I think that me and him both have the same sickness. Oh, PLO, you play a lot of PLO. No, but he used to play No Limit. Really? And uh, this was like back when I was doing SNE. I think he did as well. Um, and I know he's posted graphs of like you know you're down 10 binds, you're down this much. And like, there's just something about when you're playing cash in that way of, and you have holding manager and you're looking at your graph, you're just like determined, like, I'm going to get it back. I'm going to get it back. And uh, it's, it's so bad. <laughs> this is why I work with Elliot Rowe. <laughs> but, yeah. No, yeah. it's true. That's, that's true. I, I don't like to, to lose either. I mean, I've definitely done so similar where I keep it going or shouldn't be playing or tired and just don't want to yeah. show a loss. So I can, I can now, like at the end of a Sunday, if I have a disappointing Sunday and I'm like, well, I can still play the, you know, this late 162 bounty builder. Okay. I'm in <laughs> like, yes, that's my degenning. Okay. So that's, I mean, that is, that's degenning, but that's res- responsible degenning. Yes. That's, that's good. You stay within your domain. Uh, do you like any other variants other than no limit hold'em? PLO is fun. I, I don't think I'm very good at it. I haven't given it that much um, time or worked on it very much. But um, I think that's all I really played, a short deck in PLO. And do you have any New Year's resolutions for 2020 uh, in particular outside of poker? Do you have any stuff that you're like kind of looking back right now that you just say I think we could do, do differently or want to look at trying to something new? I would say, and it kind of sounds cheesy, but probably just to like enjoy life a little bit more and um, not to put too much pressure on myself with poker. And however that might look, uh, maybe it's like small stuff. Like I keep saying I want to play tennis more or, you know, to make time for things like that, like hobbies. And, you know, I like tennis, I like golf, things like that. And just making sure that uh, like dinner with friends um, just, just taking time away from poker a little bit. That's yeah, no, that is yeah. said than done, right? It's like get caught up in the schedule of the moment, but exactly. um, that's good that you're, you're planning ahead. Yeah. Uh, let's see a lot of good questions here. Can you name, is there any, any players that you don't think maybe to aren't as well known, but can you name some of the best known players today? There's some people that you, you really feel maybe are underrated or that you just feel are like great players. Maybe they haven't, gotten a, a break or they maybe just aren't talked about as much, but is there any ones that you kind of know that are really sure. talented? Um, I'm trying to think. It happens every so often that you play with someone and you're like, whoa, that person has something special. Like, um, like I actually felt that about Alex. The first time I played with him, I didn't know who he was. And it's like, you know, some people just have a presence or something about them. Um, I'm trying to think if anyone comes to mind, uh, there is one kid, but I don't know his name, but I remember thinking and speaking with him and he's like new to the game. And I remember thinking he's going to do really well, but his name slipped my mind at the moment. Um, Has he had some good results recently? I, I know he went deep in something. I think it's, is it like his name's Dragos or something? I can't oh, remember. Oh, I know him. Yeah. He's uh 
he actually won a PSPC 25K Platinum class on my channel. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Right. yeah. So yeah. anyways, I played with him and thought he had like He's something. young, right? Really yeah. young. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he won that. Now I've, I've been seeing him on the, the tour a lot. Like I'll run into him and all the stops. So I thought it was just like a yes. one that free roll. Yeah. And I know he sold like a package for a, world, uh, for a series online. I just can't remember his name right now. But I remember thinking he was good. Or he like will have a future in poker. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Nothing. nothing. Fair enough. Yeah. It's it's sort of an ambiguous question. There's a lot of a lot of talented players. How much does Fox and bench? What's his bench? I don't know. Alex. <laughs> uh, three sixty probably. Three sixty. That's a lot. All right. Three sixty. That's still the answer. Um. Okay. Uh. Do you, we don't, we did, uh, I don't want to talk about the men, female thing too, because I, I don't really, I think it's a little silly and people are asking the same kind of questions. How do we get more women in poker? Do you find a difficult um, an environment where men prevail? But uh, just, if you could summarize your view on the female poker deal, like, get, like give us a, just a, a quick cliff note on kind of your overall thoughts on that whole thing and that. Well, I know the question that I, I saw a few people say is like, how do we get more women in poker? And I'm asked that all the time. And yeah. I don't know. <laughs> For one thing, I think that to me, the focus should be more like, are women saying that they are uncomfortable to play poker? Is that an issue? Is that stopping somebody? Like for myself, I had the experience of actually like, to me, it was fun. I loved like when I was 18 or 19 going into a poker room and sitting down and knowing that like, I look like this, like, you know, I don't know if I look stupid or innocent or whatever we want to say, but just like a little girl. And like, it's, it's rare in poker and everyone's looking at me like I'm an alien. And I really liked that experience. I thought it was fun in the sense that, um, especially for my style, because I'm probably a little bit like looser or more aggressive. And I thought that I could get away with this like girl image, I guess, which maybe doesn't exist anymore. Right. Um, but so I never experienced feeling uncomfortable. Now, if, if that's what women are saying, you know, I know a lot of women don't like, you know, some of the comments that are made towards them. I haven't had too much of that experience. I've, you know, definitely had a few comments here and there made, but for the most part, I've never felt unwelcomed in poker. I personally think that poker is just more of a masculine thing. You know, it's like, it's like race car driving. There's only a few girls who are professional race car drivers. I don't necessarily think that that's, even though race car driving actually is like a strength issue. I don't necessarily think that that's why I think that it might just be that it's not as appealing. I think that um, the women who are in poker tend to be more like, business-driven women or, you know, masculine strength women, if you're familiar with this concept. So I don't know. I think for me, the most part is like that women feel comfortable. And I hope that like for myself, as I said, Jennifer Harmon did just sort of making it look more normal that a woman could play. So, you know, I kind of feel driven to represent women just to show like, if you want to play poker, you can do it. Like there's no reason you know, I can't play at 25K or 100K or something like that. Right. So I think just having women kind of like pave the path, so to speak. And I don't know if role model is the right word. I don't look at myself as a role model, but definitely just, you know, um, for myself, I just want to, you know, represent women. And I think that when you see women in an event, it then looks 
more feasible to play yourself. That's how I felt. That's like the Jennifer Harmon thing is a really good example of that because I think that, um, you know, it, it, nobody looks at Jennifer Harmon like she's an alien when she sits down at a book. Right. You know, she like, belongs, yeah, she's very comfortable. Yeah. And she's, she could be like the best player at the table sometimes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's a tough question, but I, I just think that from my life experience, which is limited, it doesn't seem like women love poker the way that men do overall. True. But I've met so many, but the women in poker who are in poker love it, you know? Like, me and my best friend, who's a girl, she she loves poker. I love poker, um, but it's it's not necessarily common. For sure, um, that's that makes a ton of sense. And I think that's a good way to look at it. Uh, yeah. Favorite poker? We'll take a question here. I just popped it on the screen. Favorite poker room in Vegas or elsewhere? This is live on the. Stream uh, I like. I would say the Bellagio in Vegas, and I do love playing in Vegas. Actually, I think that um, they in Aria they treat their players very well and I think Vegas is a very like comfortable place to be as far as like food and um and game selection there's you know so many poker players there and if the game's not going to Bellagio go to the win go to Venetian you know you can just kind of hop around right yeah Yeah. Vegas is good for poker good variety there what's your favorite non-poker place in the world like your travel sure um it's hard to pick I think that Definitely like a nature person. So I would say like, yeah, beaches or mountains. I don't know if I necessarily have like one spot that comes to mind. I I liked Hawaii a lot, actually, Um, from where I've been. I really liked Hawaii. Um, Yeah. Hawaii is definitely nice. Actually, I really liked, we went to the Almafi Coast in Italy. Mm. My wife just brought that up. That's the top of her list to go to. I haven't been there. So you recommend Uh, that? You guys have to go. It's beautiful. Okay, that sounds it sounds fancy. It sounds very nice. Like Positano, yeah, it was beautiful. Awesome. Um, are you competitive with Alex, or do you guys just kind of you know drive off each other? Obviously, you want the best for both, but like, is that like a you know? Are you ever is it like you're deep in it, both in a tournament? Is it like kind of? Uh, uh, no, I'd say we just like cheer on each other. I don't think it's like oh, I want to beat you. Um, I, I think me and him, he, like he's very competitive. I'm really competitive as well. But no, not really towards each other. Is it, it okay? Yeah, that makes sense. What what time of day do you do? You, it says in what time of day you better play. So is it? Do you, I think they're saying what time? Is there a type of? A, are you like a night? Do you feel your best at late at night? Do you like to start right at noon? Is there a period of time you feel like you perform better? Maybe is that even? Um, well, I used to definitely be like a night owl and think that I played really well then when I played cash games like the period from like midnight to 4am I really liked because it was very quiet and I could focus Um, and I felt like there was nothing else to do. So you're like really focused on the game, but I I don't know. It probably depends, I guess, what you're playing and where you are. But I think for the most part, most people probably play best like in the day, if you can get your mind focused, which I have a hard time doing sometimes If, if, you know, there's a lot of different things I could be doing. It's hard to sit and focus on poker. So like, the middle of the night when the world is asleep can be a good time. Yes. Uh, I'd agree with that. Um, what did you study before poker? Uh, well, I went to school for criminology, I guess, um, with a focus on psychology and that was more just needed to pick something in between. I think it was around six years ago. I 
signed up for it's like a holistic nutrition program. And I would say, honestly, since I was 15 years old, I've always kind of like on my own studied health and nutrition. It's like a, a really big passion of mine. And I used to say potentially I saw myself working in the field, you know, maybe having my own practice or something. I don't know if I still feel that way, but I definitely enjoy it. And like, even when I'm playing poker, sometimes now I'm like researching nutrition and then I, I love nutrition and health and learning like what can we do to improve ourselves and feel better and be healthier. So anyways, I took a few, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm in a holistic nutrition program, which I think is more aligned with me than the criminology part, but. Uh, so it helped. Yeah. So I can't, it's got to feed into the game. Some help out some uh, yes. skill sets. Um, what are you still kissed? What's the lot of uh, personal questions? Oh, someone about coaching. Someone asked, uh, they hope it makes the podcast. She was saying, would you, um, said happy birthday, which was yesterday. So again, happy birthday. And, uh, Ellen air seven, 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 seven asking, hope this makes the podcast and happy birthday. Will you coach me? Let's yeah. instead of specifically her. Do you do any coaching? Uh, not really. I mean, I've done like, you know, a few sessions here and there somewhat informally. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm happy to help her for an hour or something, sit down and talk poker. Sure. Oh, wow. All right. You heard it first here. Is that I know I've seen her on Twitter before. So yeah. Okay. Well, I hope she's watching if she is uh, or catches the replay can uh, reach out to you. That's, that's pretty, pretty yeah. nice. That's a nice, uh, nice day for them. An hour free of coaching from Chrissy. Have you, is, have you considered doing that? Would that be something that interests you to like, if, let's just say you had a button, people could sign up and book an hour for you. Would that be appealing to you? Or do you just feel like you play so much already? It's kind of a complicated thing, right? Like it's almost like, Oh, can I coach an hour and get, let's just say you set a price. that was like, there's a price for everything. You know, of course yeah. there's a number that you would be like, all right, I have to do it. But is it kind of like, you're like, well, I think my hourly or I'm playing online and I already don't have a lot of freedom. Yeah. I mean, definitely that. I think that, um, you know, I don't have that, you know, the time I spent to poker, I want to play, but Quite honestly, I don't know if I'd be a good poker coach. I think that what I could see myself doing more is like being a personal trainer or being helping, like being more of a life coach, like right. nutrition, things like that. That That's where I think I'm more talented than being a poker coach. It's, that's interesting too, because a lot of people, like the best players in the world, you know, or for anything, might not necessarily be the best coaches. Like Alex, he may not, he probably, I mean, I'm sure he could help someone become pretty good at poker, but sure. his way or what he wants to do or how he does it, you know, it's like hard to just grab someone and walk them through into like the game. Because it's like nobody, no poker player would tell someone to get into poker, you know, like we'd all probably say like, uh, I don't know if it's for you or like, are you sure you want to be a professional poker player? It's not easy. Um, so I think that from my experience of doing like coaching or something, it actually kind of frustrates me sometimes <laughs> because it's, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm not super passionate about, I guess, like teaching at the moment poker. Whereas like if someone came to me and they wanted nutrition advice or health advice, I'd be like, ooh, yes, please. Like, you know, it's it's fun to me when someone will listen to me and about that kind of thing. So yes, I, 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 honestly, I agree. Someone asked, do you have OWSOP bracelet? She actually has two. Um, so that's nice. Nice to have two of those. Is that something like the WPT, uh, party? Is that something like on your list? Like, oh, I'd love, I'm sure you'd love to have a WPT title or whatnot, but is that something like your, is that a goal to, to cross off the books on these different tours? 
Yeah, I would, I would love that. That's kind of what I was saying. And like, the, it's definitely, you know, again, like that competitive thing to, you know, motivate you or have goals to like, you know, what are you trying to win? It's definitely fun just thinking, you know, like what, what trophy can I get or, you know, just for down the line to, to feel like I accomplished something. For sure. Yeah. Um, who... Who was your favorite poker player? Did you have one growing up that, I mean, Harmon you've referenced, but was there someone like you saw or watched me from the old days, early days on TV? Was there anyone like personality wise, you just love to watch their, how they, not necessarily in their game, just yeah. character. I, I guess like Doyle Brunson. Okay. One of like, him and Jennifer Harmon. I really liked watching them. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think if anyone else sticks out. Uh yeah, that, that's probably it. I don't know how much I really watched, to be fair. <laughs> but, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, opinion about Mike Postle. This story I've kind of lost. Uh, it's been a while, but someone is – I'm actually curious what's happening with that. But do you have an opinion? Did you catch some of Joey's in-depth uh, crazy, craziness? He was caught up in it. I think it's just kind of crazy. Um, thankfully, he finally got caught, I guess. But, yeah, it, it's just a little disheartening when you hear about anything like that in the poker world, because I always tend to think like, it's amazing how, you know, trusting poker players are, how helpful they are. You know, I've been in spots where, you know, you're in a random country and you need cash or you need this. And it's like, I feel like poker players are typically like generous and helpful. And, um, you know, poker is definitely a game of like integrity and um, yeah, it's confusing to me that someone could do that. Like, you know, to actually like look, know that you're cheating everybody you're playing with and feel okay with that. It's a little sad, but let's just hope it's like the minority, you know, and a a rare thing that's happening. And um, obviously it's something that we need to watch out for. For sure. Um, Well, guys, we have answered, we have done a ton of questions here. We have answered a lot. I've learned a lot. We verified a couple things. We're going to do a We'll do this tweet draw here in a second and we'll let, let me copy this down. Is there any other uh, things you'd like to touch on, talk about? I mean, we've, uh, we've covered a lot and I know uh, we will see you at the millions as well. This is definitely exciting. I think, um, yeah, big year coming. Nice to get off to a start right away. Uh, What about New Year's plans? Do you have any New Year's? uh, You're going to, you just played poker on your birthday. Tell me, are you guys going to go out on New Year's or what? what's going on? I'm staying home. I honestly, I think we're just going to stay in and like, if we feel like going out for dinner or something, do that. And if not, just order in. I'm never home. Like the place where I'm in right now is um, an apartment I bought like two years ago and I've probably been here for less than five months. So anyways, I'm leaving on Wednesday, which is, I guess, January 1st for London. And then um, I'm going to have a few days there to like be a tourist and, have nice dinners. So that would be like the celebration, but I'm just like honestly packing and sleeping and trying to rest up. Do, do you feel, do you feel as like that? I mean, that's one of the nicer things with being a professional poker player, freedom schedule and all that. Cause like that really every day is like, doesn't it, it feels like it's like hard to know what day it is, right? It's not like Monday through Friday or whatever. It's like every day is sort of, um, it's what you want it to be, right? A Sundays yeah. you play or whatever. And then it's, Exactly. And like, I love my life to the extent it's not like, I'm like, Oh, we need a night out or we need this. It's like, you know, dinners and time off is like happening a lot. And I love playing poker and yeah, no, we're, I feel very lucky and blessed. Absolutely. Yeah. Staying home for a night is perfectly fine for me and nice. 
What about, give me, did you, have you seen any good movies lately? Anything? Not maybe your favorite ever. Did you watch The Irishman? Have you seen? Oh, we did watch that actually. Yeah. That was the one movie I think we watched on Christmas. Or um, we, we watched half of it uh, recently. I got to watch the other half as well. Yeah, so, well yeah. For one thing, and it was hard to follow a little bit. Like I couldn't figure out who's who or what's what, but uh, yeah. it was a good movie. It was well done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know anything really. I, I've been getting into the series This Is Us. Just that, but I haven't heard of that. But it, when you watch anything on a plane, it's more emotional. I don't know if you've had this experience. <laughs> I have no, I haven't. I don't watch a ton of stuff on on planes. I usually sleep if it's if it's overseas, and then a lot of the yeah you know, on like the in there's not usually TVs in the um yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the domestic. Yeah, no, I I mean I don't have that much time for TV and stuff. Too much poker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, don't, I feel like I don't watch watch sports anymore. I'm telling you, if you're gonna have a kid, though, just be ready. Be ready to to map carve out whatever you think it's gonna be. It's a lot crazier than you think. So how old be... is he? Right. Yep. He's how old is he now? Eight months. It's a very fun age. Yeah. It's yeah. it's great. It's it is fun. It's hard to be hard to be away at all. So um, yeah, they, they, they grow up fast. But all right, well, let's do this fifty five dollar giveaway. So I'm gonna let you tell me when. I just copied it over here and again you can follow Kristen on twitter it's the same i guess on it's chrissy b24 poker and then as well on instagram Kristen underscore bicknell and then of course you can check her results on hendon mob she's currently number 13 overall in the world gpi and if we click on that you can see mr william alex foxen at number one looks like he, he snuck it in the midnight hour of the year. That's pretty cool. Is the second year winning that I believe or yeah. So that's, that's uh pretty amazing. So congrats to him and you know, thank you. We just uh, auto confirmed him. I'm getting him on the, on the podcast coming up. I hope so. Uh, that would be fun and I will do this giveaway and then we'll let you enjoy the end of your year. You are the last guest of the year. So thank you for coming and taking your time for today. Fresh off your birthday. Uh, we appreciate it. You're welcome. So, Let's do it. Tell me when. Count it down. $55 ticket. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Someone is winning 55 courtesy of Kristen. And there it is. It is John Raymond. I saw his question. I believe you answered it. Do you know him? No, but you said his name before. Yes, he did ask a question and he got an answer. Um, That's great. And sweet. So, we appreciate it very much. I will see you in the UK very shortly. Happy New Year and uh, congrats on everything. And yeah, let's uh, let's have a great 2020. We'll see you great. soon. I'll awesome. see you then. Thanks for having right. me. Thanks for being here. Bye. Okay, bye. All right, everyone. That is Kristen Bicknell, number 37 podcast. That's going to wrap it up for the year. I want to get to 100 by next year. We're going to have a really intense list of guests coming up. It's going to be some really interesting people, not only in poker, other industries. I hope you guys are enjoying. Please leave comments and thank you so much for the support. It's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And I'm trying, I know I got that Twitch mentality talking a lot in me, but I just love it. I love interacting with interesting people. I got to let them talk more and we'll just keep improving and taking your feedback along the way. So happy new year. Thanks again. We'll see you in 2020. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to partypoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.